Good morning. My friends, a priest from the Institute of Priestly Formation in Omaha, Nebraska, once shared a very moving story from his childhood in South Dakota. As a child, as a, as a boy, this priest and his older brother had wanted to get some more spending money, so they signed up for a newspaper's delivery route. And every morning, the two of them would go to the distribution center, pick up the papers, and then deliver them for the day. Every morning except one winter day. Because they live in South Dakota. It is so cold that the boys decided that no, they would not go to the center that day to pick up the papers. They just refused to go. Their father, a responsible man, was not happy about it. So he told the boys, boys, do you realize hundreds of people are depending on you to get their papers for the day. You must honor that commitment. But again, they refused to go. So, refusing to let them cop out, the father dragged them into the car and took them personally to the distribution center. Furious at their father, these boys decided to do to him what teenagers do best. They give him the silent treatment. So all through the ride, no matter how hard the father was trying to excite them, to cheer them up, they just sat there in silence, fuming. It must have gotten so bad because when the father dropped them off, he had tears in his eyes, and he said to them, Boys, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you talk to me? They left thinking nothing of it. They spent the entire morning delivering newspapers, but as they walked back to their house, they noticed there was an ambulance parked in their driveway. They rushed into the house and tragically they learned that their father had had a massive heart attack and had died. What's even sadder, they realize the last words they heard from their father were, boys, why won't you talk to me? A sad story indeed, but I think we can all relate to it. Maybe not as dramatic, but how many of us here sitting in this church this morning have experienced apologies withheld, words of comfort suppressed, affirmation denied, embraces ungiven, and love unspoken. Those things that we do to others and others have done to us. 
How many of us sitting here are trying the best we can to live with regrets? Regrets over burned bridges and broken relationships. And so I thought reconciliation should be the main focus of our reflection today. An odd topic come to think of it for the solemnity of Pentecost. You see, every year, a lot of emphasis was put on the first reading, recounting that dramatic moment when the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles and empowered them to go out and preach with boldness. And that emphasis was entirely justified, of course, because that was our beginning. Without that dramatic and momentous day, there would be no church. There would be no Christians like you and me. That being said today, I want to draw our attention to a less noticeable but just as impactful reference to the Holy Spirit. It took place also in the upper room when our Lord appeared to his disciples after the resurrection. The gospel today presents us with a very pathetic group of men hiding and huddling in fear. And although St. John indicated that it was for fear of the Jews, for fear of persecution, but let's not forget there was one other person that these disciples dreaded and were afraid to see, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who according to Mary Magdalene, Peter and John had been raised from the dead. And you can guess why they were afraid to see him. They had all but turned their backs on him, denied him, abandoned him. For all intents and purposes, they had messed up their relationship with Jesus big time. And if that wasn't sad enough, if we read through everything that took place after the resurrection, notice how none of them had ever offered an official apology to him. Mind you, though, Jesus did not seem to mind. Fully aware of their shame and their regret, he came to them, and what was the first thing he said to them as a group? Shalom, peace. In that one single word, he conveyed to them his willingness to mend the cracks and to forgive the offenses. And it's true, none of them had ever officially apologized. They did not even return his greeting. But the Lord didn't seem to mind that either. He was there to offer them his forgiveness, and it was forgiveness that he gave them. Mind you also, though, indeed, he offered them his forgiveness without expecting a proper apology. 
That doesn't mean he had no other expectations. After offering them his peace, the Lord breathed the Spirit on them, and then he commissioned them to go about forgiving others. Granted, this passage probably served better as the foundation for the sacrament of reconciliation as a ministry entrusted to the church and to the apostles. But I think we can stretch the meaning to cover this one simple point, and that is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is a spirit of unity, reconciliation, and peace. That means those of us who have received God's Spirit are meant to exemplify that spirit of unity, reconciliation, and peace. They're meant to live in such a way that where there is hatred, let we bring love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. One of the church fathers, Origen of Alexandria, once said, Ubi divisio, ivi peccatum. Where there is division, there is sin. Today's celebration, the gospel that you and I have just heard, is a powerful reminder that Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit are those who foster unity, not divisions. They're called to live, to understand, to console, and to love, even when those sentiments are not reciprocated. Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what He expects you and me to do? Because He said, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So with the help of the Holy Spirit, my friends, it is now our turn.